In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. In our prayer, we open the pages of the Gospel in order to learn from people who embody certain virtues, such as fortitude and magnanimity. One of the more charming scenes of the New Testament is that moment when Jesus was was approached by the mother of the sons of Zebedee. As St. Matthew tells us, the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. He said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Command that these two sons of mine may sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. It's easy to imagine the the look of amazement, of amusement in the the eyes of the Lord. He was totally charmed by the insistence, by the loyalty and the faith of this woman. So then Jesus turned to the two of them, James and John, and said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? We picture these two, these two young men. James, maybe he was all of 20, 21, and his brother John, a teenager. Knowing what we know about them from what came afterwards, these two sons of thunder immediately said, we can, without hesitation. And with that very special look in their eyes, they said, we are able. This scene may have brought to your mind a somewhat analogous scene in Tolstoy's War and Peace, where at a certain moment there is a mother, the Princess Drubetskoy, who goes to see the prince, Prince Vasily, to to ask him to speak to the emperor about her son. Tolstoy writes, that the prince saw from the manner of the princess that she was one of those women, especially mothers, who, having once taken an idea into their heads, they will not give it up until their wishes are fulfilled. And until then, they are prepared for daily, hourly persistence, even for creating scenes. And this last consideration made him waver. In the case of Jesus, as he looked upon these two young men and their mother, he was bowled over, if we dare put it that way, by their greatness of spirit, all three of them. What a a magnificent lesson for us in magnanimity and in fortitude. We can ask James and John, these two giants of the church, to give us a healthy dose of that youthful, 
gratefulness and a youthful greatness of spirit. Why the need for these virtues of fortitude and magnanimity? Well, none of us needs to be convinced that difficulties are part and parcel of daily life. Someone wrote, The modern condition is to be overwhelmed by everything. We need to learn how to stop stewing and start doing. There are difficulties that that confront us every single day. It really is part of life. This is no surprise. What is of interest to us in our prayer is to come to regard those difficulties and challenges as potentially the stuff of greatness, the ingredients for growth, rather than things to shy away from, if not to flee. At one point in The Forge, St. Josemaria writes, A task that presents no difficulties lacks human appeal, and it lacks supernatural appeal as well. If you find no resistance when hammering a nail into a wall, what can you expect to hang on it? And just think of an Olympic weightlifter who has gotten to the Olympics by lifting very heavy weights for years. Just imagine that someone all of a sudden comes up with a brilliant idea of of saying to that weightlifter, you know, I decided to have mercy on you And so I took away these great big weights of yours and replaced them with weights made out of of paper mache. That way you can take a break, take it easy, much less exertion. Well, the weightlifter, of course, would have a panic attack because that person would know, I could spend the rest of eternity lifting that piece of paper mache those dumbbells that weigh roughly one gram, and I would lose everything. Life is a matter of facing up to difficulties. And as as St. Josemaria puts it, we have to face up to those difficulties and experience in our hearts both joy and sorrow. It is in this forge that man can acquire fortitude, patience, magnanimity, and composure. St. Augustine said the very same thing way back in the 4th century. He said, Do not dodge the fight if you want the prize. And if we want one of St. Augustine's great formulas in Latin, he wrote, Non recusetur certamen. Don't flinch from the fight. Don't Don't try to avoid the fight if you want that prize. If you really want the reward, ignite your courage and go for it. That which we desire and pray for will come later. But right now, do do what we should, looking at that which will come afterwards, leaning leaning out towards it and wanting it. This lesson in fortitude and magnanimity that we are praying about is so crucial for our spiritual life and also for our human development. Undoubtedly, you have read about different studies and experiments 
regarding what is referred to as deferred gratification. It is a, a key ingredient of maturity to know how to put off things that we want to do that are pleasurable, put them off and first take care of those things we should do. Everyone has a tendency to put off that task at hand. And this really, if you stop and think about it, which is what we're doing right now, this is one of the great epic battles of each day. The time comes that we've already, we have set for ourselves to tackle a certain project, to do our spiritual reading, for example. And all of a sudden we decide, well, let me do something fun first. The time has come for me to do my spiritual reading, but let me just take a quick look at Facebook. And then, of course, that time to do our spiritual reading ends up being right before bedtime and we don't get it done. Fortitude. Fortitude, toughness of spirit, resilience. Or we could toss in a virtue that we so rarely, if ever, hear, which is gumption. You probably have not heard that word in 25 years. Gumption, if you look up the definition, is the ability to decide what is the best thing to do in a, a particular situation and then to do it with energy and determination. In this situation, what should I do? And then immediately you pass into action. Example, she had the gumption to write directly to the company manager and ask her for a job. She had the strength of will, the guts, the courage, and that ability to do it right away. The opposite of gumption is another word that we use roughly once uh, a quarter century, which is feckless, F-E-C-K-L-E-S-S. Lacking initiative, lacking strength of character, irresponsible, passive. Who wants to be feckless? In this whole battle of ours to acquire fortitude, strength of character, to acquire that same gumption that James and John showed at that moment of responding to Jesus, we have to know how to struggle, how to take each day with joy and with that, that love of struggle. One of the dangers in our spiritual life is to abandon the struggle. We've prayed before about the importance of abandonment, holy abandonment, which means putting things in, in God's hands. There's also a bad abandonment, which means just giving up. Abandonment in the bad sense is shown when someone ends up saying uh, whatever. Or who cares? Or what difference does it make? What difference does it make whether I make my bed or not? Since it makes no difference, I'm not going to make it. I'll just pull the cover over and no one will know the mess that's underneath the cover. Very interesting thing happened in the earliest days of, of Opus Dei when the very young priest, Tosa Maria, would go and visit the 
this the huge public hospital in Madrid, a place where there were who knows how many tuberculosis people, tuberculosis patients, dying from that terrible disease. When he first began making those visits, many of the people had basically given up. They knew they were dying. They knew they were not going to be visited by anyone, and so they, they, they gave up. In the case of some of the women whom St. Josemaria visited, one sign of giving up was that they stopped using makeup. Then he began visiting, and they, were, they revived in a certain sense. And whenever they knew that he was going to be coming, they used makeup. Well, you could, you could think, well, that's a pretty small example, but if you think about what was going on in, in their interior, it makes a lot of sense. In our case, looking, just looking at these coming days, maybe we've had the tendency to give up on small things, whether it be making our bed, sticking with the diet, sticking with an exercise plan. And when you stop and think about it, our days are filled with opportunities that we can either seize or we can just let go and, and abandon them. Some people take forever to finally get around to making a dentist appointment or an appointment to see the doctor. In fact, they can go years just never getting around to it, never getting around to filing their tax return, or taking care of their car registration, things like that. We ask James and John for gumption. We ask them for the ability to, to recognize when opportunities come, opportunities in which we can grow by reaching out, going out, and tackling that challenge head on. In this context, we can take advantage of some insights of certain experts in Boston who've come up with a program. It began as a mentoring program for university students on how to work optimally. You won't be surprised to know that the name of the program is Optimal Work. Originally for students, but their findings, their application of certain principles of psychology can help all of us. One of their great insights is Precisely, we, we grow only through challenges. No challenges, no growth. The day is a challenge. That homework is a challenge. Whatever we're doing at the offices, everything's a challenge. When we see those, those tasks in that light, then comes the next step. Either we see those challenges with anxiety, with stress, with fear, or we see them with excitement. The Lord won't mind if we delve into a little bit of a little bit of psychology and of talking about the brain, because the Lord created our brain. And he placed in our brain this really interesting part called the, the amygdala. The amygdala, size of a walnut more or less, plays a primary role in the processing of our memory, decision-making, and our emotional responses, including fear, anxiety, aggression. 
Well, here's the amygdala kicking in when we come up against a challenge. And it can lead us to think, kind of reel back and think, for example, when the alarm clock goes off, we take one quick, very quick look at that, the day, the whole day that lies ahead of us, and we, we shrink back and decide to stay in bed. First defeat of the day. Well, the whole point of this optimal work program is to learn how to reframe or reappraise the situation. How to take a, a, a fresh look at that situation, that challenge, and determine to, to live and put into motion all sorts of virtues and to go out and take that challenge head on. There is a certain writer who lives, a professor in Toronto, at the University of Toronto, who's going around the world these days uh, lecturing, who talks about the same thing with rather gripping vocabulary. He says, pay careful attention to your posture. Quit drooping and hunching around. Speak your mind, put your desires forward. Walk tall and gaze forthrightly ahead. Dare to be dangerous. Dare to try, to try new things. What he has written bef before th those words, he explains standing up straight with your shoulders back is not something that is only physical because you're not only a body. You are a spirit, a psyche as well. Your nervous system responds in a different, entirely different manner when you face the demands of life voluntarily when you respond to a challenge instead of bracing for a catastrophe. You see the gold that the dragon is hoarding rather than shrinking in terror from the all-too-real fact of the dragon. Well, this is easy for us to imagine and it's very helpful for us to imagine. That when we see that, that gold that we want, that St. Augustine referred to, that prize, and we see that there's a dragon protecting that gold, all the challenges that we have to go to get there, we just very consciously, very prayerfully come to the conclusion, I don't care if there's some dumb dragon protecting that gold, I'm going for the gold, period. Well, just think what this means when we set about our work with that same, the same gumption, the same fortitude and greatness of spirit of James and John. We sit down for that hour of work and we say, okay, this is it. This is the stuff of greatness. This is my greatness. I'm going to focus on this work. I'm going to do whatever it takes to avoid any distractions. Turning off the phone, no one can reach me. Nothing can distract me. I have everything I need right in front of me. On your mark, get set, go. And furthermore, we have this, this marvelous, this source of gumption, this source of inspiration, which is our determination to turn this work into prayer. What more could we want? With this vision of things that comes from our life of faith, we can turn our whole life into one endless adventure. You may have come across that great thought of G.K. Chesterton, where he says, 
An inconvenience is an adventure wrongly considered. You may have read about Father Joseph Muskis, one of the first three priests of Opus Dei, who at the end of his life, the final years, was living in Boston and driving out on a regular basis to our conference center about an hour away on the South Shore, or as they say in Boston, the South Shore. Unfortunately, the car he was given to drive was what we call affectionately a lemon. So it broke down fairly often. Now, Father Joseph, who had such a deep interior life and who was so apostolic, came to the conclusion every time that it broke down, there must be a parish priest within 100 yards that I'm supposed to meet. So there at the side of the road, he would pull out his, his directory of the parishes in that part of Boston, and he would pull out his map. In those days, GPS did not exist, of course. And given the, the number of parishes in that part of town, he was usually right. So by, by the time of his death, he had met practically all the parish priests on the South Shore. Well, that is what, it's mean to, that is what gumption looks like. That's what greatness of spirit looks like. And that is precisely what we want to ask James and John, as well as Father Joseph Muskis. Give us this, this marvelous resilience and this joie de vivre, this great joy of life. A great way for us to finish is to consider some words of St. Josemaria about magnanimity. At one point in Friends of God, he writes, Magnanimity means greatness of spirit, a largeness of heart where many can find refuge. Magnanimity gives us the energy to break out of ourselves and be prepared to undertake generous tasks that will be of benefit to all. The magnanimous person devotes all their strength unstintingly to what is worthwhile. As a result, that person is capable of giving themselves. They are not content with merely giving. They give their very self. And they come to understand that the greatest expression of magnanimity consists in giving oneself to God. We finish by turning to Our Lady, as we always do. She who possessed such greatness of spirit and such fortitude that she was able to meet head-on those many difficulties that we can't even begin to imagine and to persevere, to continue, and thanks to that, to give such strength to the early church. Who knows, we can only imagine that Mary was there watching as Jesus spoke to the mother of James and John. We can imagine Mary afterwards taking that great woman aside and trading notes, talking about what wonderful sons those two sons of thunders were and what great things were lying in store for them. Mary, give us that greatness of spirit. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.